Hi, I'm Amy Porter. Some of you know me as a flutist and a classical musician, others as a professor, and some of you know me as a publisher and arranger. I'm a stepmom, I'm a business owner, and I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. And this is my podcast. My core mission as an entrepreneur is to appreciate what I have around me. And then I try and see as clearly as possible how I can help. So let's talk. Let's share information. Let's laugh and sometimes cry over the things that we have to work through in life and in music, in business and family and relationships. Come on into my Porter Flute pod. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. This is season two, episode nine, and we are in our performance therapy office. We are taking center stage today. We're talking about the rewards of healthy competition. We're also going to talk about the differences of auditioning for a competition and then an orchestral audition. With us in the podcast are co-producers Justine Sedke and Alan J. Tomasetti, and we've invited Corisa Leith to tell her story about a competition that she won recently. I went to the vault and brought out a beautiful Bach sonata. But wait, is it really Bach? It's BWV 1033, and it's attributed to JS, but his son, CPE, gets all the credit in the end. Joseph Gosho is on the harpsichord. Victor Hulls is playing the cello in St. Andrew's Episcopal Church here in Ann Arbor. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. We're so glad you're here. Let's start with how do I prepare the students? How do we have such a non-competitive flute studio, loving and kind and empathetic, they're friends and available for each other, and yet they win competitions and jobs that require them to think competitively? Well, I prepare them to think about whether or not that's for them. (laughs) The competition hunger has to start with the person. They have to want it. So I think it's up to everyone to ask themselves, is this something you need, need in order to prove something? And you know what? That's okay. It's healthy and constructive and normal. And you need to be able to learn to win. Yes, you can learn to lose, but first try to learn how to win. That's something only one person gets to do in every scenario. Some people and entire communities take issue with this one person gets to win, uh, and they take a position of neutrality. They say, everyone's a winner. Well, I have to point out that in sports, it's not that way. And in business, it's not that way. And in nature, it's not that way. Flowers bloom where they're watered, not planted. And competition requires you to water your garden of talent and goodness and put it out there for everyone to hear and see. Everyone is remembered who gets up there. As a contestant and as a jury member both on both sides, I can tell you, honestly, everyone who's a part of a competition is appreciated and hopefully thanked. Not one person going through the experience on either side should feel ill will. Everyone wants to do well. Everyone 
seriously wants everyone to do well. And I'm not making that up. So here's literally what I say to my most advanced students. And if you're listening and you've been my most advanced specialist or DMA student, you've heard me offer this scenario before. It's super simple to imagine. I generally say, okay, Amy Porter is going to walk in after you. So how are you going to play now? And generally they say an expletive. So (laughs) I offer you from the resume to your performance, how are you going to play better than who comes after you? How do you know someone hasn't knocked the socks off everyone before you played? Follow me here. You have to walk on stage as if you're the only one. I win. This is another paradigm, if you will, one that's not related to music. It's a shift to feel that if you're the only one that gets it right, then everyone else will agree with you. You have to read the music in a way that people get it. You have to play the music. Yes, the instrument. Yes, but the entire experience of you doing all that, that's going to be a winning performance, right? It's in tune. It's in time with a variation of dynamics and nuance. In fact, the best compliment I ever got was, Amy, you're the master of the obvious. Thank you, kind soul. a big question. How do competitions differ from orchestral auditions in preparation? Well, competitions, no matter if it's an orchestral audition or a solo stint, they require a focus like no other in their preparation. I'd say that the soloist's competition requires a focus on the broad performance that single human output showcasing integrity to the composer and charisma for a lasting relationship with your audience. Orchestral auditions require you to do a certain thing in a certain way musically that happens to be incredibly methodical. This type of audition performance merges with the good of the group. As a soloist, you're a disruptor, as we say in business. 
you're not afraid to do your own thing, take risks musically, be different, imposing with humility, and always providing a script for the music. In the playing, the interpretation, and in the aftermath, we handle haters and the people who laugh. In a competition as a soloist, you should have a penchant, such a love for memorizing, that standing up in front of people with a smile and sometimes to people who aren't smiling back, is not distracting. Nothing can possibly distract a true soloist. Orchestral audition preparation requires finesse, adaptability, flexibility, a personality that gets along with others and can be empathetic. And when the music director is asking you not to slow down here or there, citing, there is no rubato, You can't think, but I wasn't slowing down. I was going over the top of the phrase. You have to nod and basically memorize the few notes the maestro needs in hypertime in order to get the job done. Literally pitches slow down as they travel. So anticipating is best when you're auditioning in the orchestra. And when the personnel manager comes to you with a ruler asking to measure the length of your skirt to from the end of the skirt to the ankle because you might be warned for wearing a skirt that's too short. You can't think, but I just spent $100 on this skirt and I love it. You have to say, I'll find another skirt. Choosing one that blends, that's the perfect black and definitely has zero glitter and no gold. The orchestral environment can be a very fulfilling one when the garden of the collective soul is being tended. When everyone's there for the music and not confrontational and acting as a team, it's synergy that even the business world studies. No kidding, major CEOs at leadership, they've changed just from witnessing an orchestra rehearsal. You know, the ensembles where we all work. (laughs) We know how to behave since our youth orchestra days or band days. Don't look back, play through mistakes, look up at the conductor, play in tune and in time. Simply put, we show up and do the job and leave. And those three things are super hard for people to do well and lead a sane life. What about fear? And is fear different from solo competitions to orchestral auditions? Well, in my opinion, soloists are actually fearless. The only self we are really beholden to is the higher self. So the higher self doesn't judge or waste energy and it gets beyond expectations of anyone but the composer. The treatment of the soul and the body and the mind. For a soloist, it's purely dedicated to the script of this music, much like an actor would become the part. The outcome of this competition performance, because at some point it's actually just another concert, it's on the level of the higher self. The outcome isn't judged with any wrath or punishment. There's simply simply someone who technically gets more money than others. There are so many biases from judges that are out there, but
you know, it's out of your control and there's no bar on which the ego can hold on but to its own confidence. The only person who beats you up as a soloist in a competition is you. Because you have to learn the mindset of that facing your own critic is the best thing you can do. And giving in to your own fears and just saying, you know what, this is natural. It's all normal fear and doubt. In an orchestra, you're seated within a nucleus of the body, the dead center of an orchestra. And the flute playing has to levitate out of the chair and to the back row of the hall perfectly in your own specific given time. It's all very nerve-wracking to think this way, but always, always remember the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So when you're auditioning for an orchestra, your fear has to dispel so that you can play in tune, play in time, and be amenable to everyone around you. And then The fear dissipates as you're leaving the hall. I'll never forget, like after playing a great solo, a colleague can pat you on the back and their validation means everything. Maestro can give you a smile and nod. And when actions are born of fear, then reality will come crashing down and dismantle your every intention. Okay, just an op-ed moment here. Preparing for an orchestral audition And a soloist competition is about years of practice, not months of practice. It's a lifestyle, so you have to get on the road to 42 losses before you win a job in an orchestra. And if you win one sooner, good for you. You've put the energy and the attitude and the stamina and the philosophy of being bigger than you know you can be. And you have an abundant mindset from the gym workout to the classroom, from your practice room to the stage. It's all the same. How did I win a major job and then win a major competition within three years? After two dying parents and moving to Atlanta from New York City? I don't know. My higher self knows. I'd like to ask it to judge me, but it simply won't. (laughs) It will guide me. If you've won a competition and it's as a soloist, who's won a night to perform with an orchestra, well, everyone, that's called a one-night stand or a long weekend relationship. (laughs) You've planned years in advance for the moment, just like a wedding. You plan the wardrobe, you've planned the tickets, and the local area fans are ready. You arrive and you're treated like royalty, and the composer is there, family is there, and then the under 30-minute memorized part of the show is rehearsed with smiles and waves and love and gorgeous music making. And then it's over. Like, really over. Silence. Except in the hearts of the listeners who heard with their own ears the live performance, and perhaps an orchestra member or two who, who cared to remember you, the memorable soloist. I mean, listen, a flute soloist? It's definitely for the higher self. Okay, first, who wants a flute anyway when you can hear the repertoire of the piano or the violin or the cello? But secondly, you can't give your audience an oversaturation of flute, can you? Or can you? You can, in fact. Nan Washburn of the Michigan Philharmonic is a flutist. And she regularly programs flute concerti and premieres. Thank you, Nan, and all the conductors who treat the flute as a solo instrument. That takes grit. 
because we know for a fact everyone loves the flute. Hello, Professor Porter. Thank you so much for having me, and I am happy to speak about the Eugene Magalief International Concerto Competition. So, in October of 2018, I was invited to take part in, in this international competition that was in promotion of a newly composed flute concerto piece. This concerto, composed in 2015 by Belarusian-American composer Eugene Magalief, is a winner of the National Food Association's 2020 newly published music competition. The concerto competition that I was so lucky to win was created and directed by the composer in support of his new piece. The competition details included learning the entire concerto and performing it with piano to the best of your abilities. The performance had to be video recorded live and placed on YouTube for the judges to see. The video was asked to not be public um, in order for just the judges to see. And once the competition was over, the video became public and was shared. There are about 17 performers from many countries, including USA, Mexico, Europe, Russia, and other places. And once applicants submitted their video submissions, the results and deliberation took place through a revolutionary app created by flutist Yulia Berry. The app is called All About Flute. The judges accessed this app to vote, and there was also a public voting that happened through the app. It was genius and very creative. In deliberation, I won the competition because of my video preparation, memorization, and musicality. I was given a song head joint that was silver with a 24K gold riser um, and a design and 
rubies and on the flute. It's a very, very, very beautiful head joint. And I was also invited to travel to Russia to perform the piece live with orchestra in April of 2019. The composer, being a very fatherly figure, gave recognition and gifts to most of the contestants for their work and effort. Many of the top players were offered opportunities to play with an orchestra across the country. Those performers were placed strategically with the ensemble they performed with. I personally loved being in Russia and playing with the Smolensk Philharmonic and loved the musicians and how kind they were to me. It was such a beautiful moment and I am forever grateful for the opportunity. Since then, I've performed the concerto live in Ohio while receiving my master's back in October of 2019. Other performances were scheduled before COVID, but unfortunately international travel was stopped around the time I was supposed to travel. But this competition is the first of its kind and really pushed my career forward towards my dreams and goals. I think now with COVID, things are different and therefore the way we work has changed. Having to submit a video was a highlight for me because I was allowed to organize and plan out the process. It was not a live performance, so therefore my performance comfortability was heightened. I was able to express myself freely, which allowed me to show my best self at that time. The video process was a bit expensive to have to do you know, all of it by myself, hire someone to do audio, hire someone to do video, and then the preparation and the memorization and having a room and a pianist and hiring the pianist. So it was it was expensive. And I do remember that that was probably the hardest part of the competition. But it was worth it in the end. And I'm so happy for the opportunity. I'm so happy for the video that came out of it that I can use and share however I would like. And... Um, with everything, again, with everything being virtual, I think many people can learn from this specific competition and how it was created and deemed a success.
Would you like to know more about recording and recording equipment? Then look no further than Porter Flu Pod Season 2, Episode 4 with engineer Dave Shaw. Would you like to know how to impart the music in the most imaginative way, even though you feel like you have a barrier to break? Well, okay. I have to tell you that even online, in person, anywhere, anytime, an out-of-tune flute will not make you sound like a master. A performer who only plays the instrument and not the music will not sound like a great musician, and they won't sound like a winner. In my experience being a judge in an online flute competition, the playing transcends all spaces. I can tell a true virtuoso even if they're playing in a room full of cotton balls. But hang on a minute. If the sound of the recording sounds like cotton balls, I'm going to wonder if this person believes in themselves or even believes that they can win a competition. How do you judge competitions when the quality of the recording can be an issue? My answer is, you can't. The moral of this podcast is you have to pay for your product. Think of the triangle that we spoke about with Dave Shaw. I'll go over it again. The three points to the triangle are cheap, fast, and great. You cannot have all three at once. Only two. So, if you want it cheap and fast, it's not going to be great. If you want it fast and great, it's not going to be cheap. If you want it great, then reverse engineer. Okay, sorry about the pun. But reverse engineer the calendar, okay? Make sure you're investing in the engineer of your choice and that you have enough time for this engineer to create your product. It's respectful to you and the competition you're trying to win.
one final question. What was it like to prepare for the Kobe competition in Japan? Well, I had my gallbladder out in March 1993, and I played the competition in August 1993. It was laparoscopic surgery, so I had some abdominal healing to consider in my preparation. I read a lot. I listened to viola da gamba music. I studied the sequenzas by Luciano Berrio. And when I was well, I rehearsed with my collaborative pianist, Paula Peace. It's important to know that I took her, my partner in chamber music, with me, and we played a couple of recitals in Atlanta before we went to Japan. I brought with me my finished product. I was so happy to go with the support of Paula. I was met by a jury who smiled and sighed. Their expectations for the winner was to be questioned, and then an American in the midst with no American judge. Paula Robeson had pulled out, and so it meant that fate was to be tested in Kobe. But I had so much support from my Muramatsu Japan family. They were so happy, and midway through the two-week competition, they told me that they knew the audience loved my performances, and they told me the story of how everyone thought I brought three flutes to Japan. One wooden flute, a platinum flute, and a 14-karat gold flute. That means they heard the differences in all the genres and all the styles of flute playing on just one flute. So what are judges looking for anyway? They're looking for perfection or lack of it. Seriously, at that level, everyone's so amazing. So my advice is to do your own thing. Do, you, do, do what works best. Be your own boss. Find your frequency find your lane and stay in it. I heard this great analogy the other day. If you want to be Michael Jordan, then don't be the referee. Don't be the cameraman. Don't be the coach. Be Michael Jordan. Do the thing. Practice the game. Thank you, Carissa Lee, for being on Porter Flute Pod. We're so proud of you, and congratulations. Join us next time on the podcast when we talk about etudes and my go-to etudes when you're in a pinch. You can find me at amyporter.com or porterflute.com. On YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I'm Porter Flute. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you.